This episode is brought to you by Happy Mess. Happy Mess? The kids' art place? Yeah, they do art classes and sensory play and after-school programs and in-school classes and birthday parties and camps. And adult events. Buy tickets to our next paint night or book your own for your next occasion or staff party. Check it out at www.happymess.net. What's www? World Wide Web. This episode is brought to you by ServiceMaster Sea to Sky. A home is more than just a house and an office is more than just a place to work. ServiceMaster is here to offer home and business services when you need them the most. ServiceMaster handles water, flood, fire, and reconstruction services. We take on jobs big and small. There's no project we haven't seen before. ServiceMaster, the complete customer experience. Call us at 604-938-0822 or on the web, smctosky.com. That's smctosky.com. ServiceMaster Sea to Sky, restoring peace of mind. This is the Sea to Sky podcast, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Welcome to another edition of the Sea Sky Podcast. I'm here with Fryer. I'm Marcus, and we're continuing on with the interviews of all the candidates uh, running for this year's election. And Rajan Hans is with us today. What's happening? Hey, how's everyone doing? We're good. We're good. It's a truncated podcast today because you're a busy man. You're like you own a company. Uh, you're running for politics. Uh, you're all over the place. Yeah, it's been a good experience so far. Um, it has been a little bit of a sleepy election uh, compared to compared to the last turn. I think a lot of people are. Either they don't know an election's happening or, or they're just kind of, um, you know, coming out of COVID and, and kind of getting back into their life. So I think um, it's good to kind of engage with everyone and, and, and get everyone informed. So what's different from this election from the last election? Because you ran last time. So yeah. what lessons have you learned? What's different now this time around than it was last time? I think last time there were a lot of kind of polarizing issues in the community that, that people were looking at. Wood fiber LNG was still, you know, up, up in up in the air. Gas was making, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of impressions in town and, and, and gathering people together. Uh, I think this time around there there aren't those kind of huge polarizing issues uh, that that draw in candidates and and then get get the public involved. And aside from that, I think I think a lot of it is uh, I think this is a, a really important pivotal time for Swamish, uh, considering the fact that the, you know the, all the the development that's you know continuing to come here and and the growth that we're going to experience over the over the next uh, 10 to 15, 20 years. I think it's really important that we we have good uh, good planning strategies in place and uh, and continue to to build good plans and, and and build out our community. Well, before we get into the plans and density, the one question I have to ask is that you created the slate, like you're the one who created the Squamish first, yeah. correct? What what is their platform? The name Squamish First comes from community first, meaning I, I went to the community first over the last four years and, and touched d- different parts of the community to see what uh, what are the issues that are, are kind of encompassing our community, right? So a lot of uh, a lot of the b- biggest one that we've heard from a lot of people is in- investing in infrastructure. A b- big part of that was uh, Brennan Park, right? Brennan Park's, you know, 44-year-old building. It's been here for ages. I swam in the pool. I learned how to swim in, in Brennan Park and skate and all that. And, uh, and current population and the per- current growth we're experiencing, we need to start putting priorities on uh, on getting that built. And they are the council and staff have been um, have been moving in that right direction. I think it's we just want to continue to kind of hammer home on that. There is some issues, you know, some of those issues that that we broached before, but they're still here. Yeah, yeah. they're still around. Um, you know, let let's just jump into it. In wood fiber LNG, where where are you at? Where where do you stand on that one? So the biggest thing for me for that is is you know is what you're going to hear of a lot of candidates is the tax deal. 
I think I think balancing those those needs and 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 you know recognizing that this was an industry-based town and and you know Woodfarb was a huge employer here back in the day and and now coming forward we we've seen a lot of growth uh, in terms of the you know the green tech and and um, and kind of rec center and, and the different types of uh, communities that are now you know here in Squamish, um, I, I do think that there's a there's there's a bit of a balancing act and and the and it's it's to get the most money out of uh, out of them as possible and I think um, that's what probably you're going to hear from a lot of candidates. Well, yeah, I mean diversifying the tax base is great because I mean like a lot of the budget is based out of our property taxes. Uh, apart from LNG doing a nice uh, tax injunction or injection, I should say, where else can we be working? on and getting more taxes dollars in our coffers instead of you know off the backs of residents I, I think uh, like a, a big part of that is, is our um, business and industrial tax base I think uh, there's definitely opportunities you know obviously wood fiber is a big one um, there's there's also other you know stakeholders that are looking to kind of put uh, in-kind contributions to to the community and I think those those avenues need to be explored a little bit better especially when it, it comes in terms of uh, getting funding for uh, recreation and uh, and public amenities because I mean the, the Squamish first platform I mean I was talking to um, cohort the, at the grocery store and they were talking about well how are you gonna fund these things and he was like CACs 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 how much more do you think you can get from CACs that they're already giving I think there's uh, I think there's definitely there was a lot of money left on the table previously and uh, I still think there's considerable amount that we can we can continue I think the makeup of the CACs is also important I mean currently a, a large portion is, is going uh, toward affordable housing I think there's possibly better ways to get affordable housing and better ways to get a purpose-built rentals onto the market I think working with the uh, provincial government is a really good way I mean um, previous council did Spirit Creek I mean that's an excellent way to use public land, get uh, multiple community groups involved, and then build uh, you know affordable rental housing. And I think uh, getting the private industry to do it hasn't been working in part that that well. Um, you know it's it's like that build wholesale and, and sell and, and give it to the district as as, as final right or sorry market value. So I think there's there's a bit of a disconnect there, and I'd like to explore more options for that. So you bring up affordable housing, and then we we touched at the beginning of the interview about density. So here we go again. Do we densify? How do we get the affordable housing? I mean, it's everything's all interconnected. And I've been using the analogy of where do you stick your finger? At what piece of the pie do you stick your finger in first? What I look at it is is what what can council really do? Where where is the power? And the power lies in zoning. It, li- it lies in land use, and allow and it kind of lies in the housing. Like we can we can mandate childcare spaces, right? And developers can build childcare. But if we don't have workers, and ECE makes twenty three twenty two dollars an hour. How are you going to afford to live in Swamish at, at that wage rate and pay $1,900, $2,000 for a one-bedroom apartment, right? So I, it all for me, it all stems into housing. Um, you know, Partly the reason I'm running is, is because I don't want to look down the road 25 years later and say, hey, I should have put my hand up and I should have said something and, and maybe I might not have the right idea, but uh, but what I say might you know spur spur what becomes the right solution right so yeah it comes back into housing for me i think that's that's where all, all our power is and and it comes into kind of incentivizing right if we want more we need more supply for rental housing there's not not enough of it it's we're, we're at zero percent vacancy i think the best way to increase it is is you know is to maybe allow a secondary suite as two secondary suites in a in a home and if if there's adequate parking and if you're paying your dccs you know we explore possibilities like that as well as bringing uh, or or incentivizing purpose-built uh, rental Okay, so now we're going back to the density question. Then there are also short-term rentals. Because, I mean, if you're letting people build suites, then you're talking about short-term rentals, and that's been an issue taking away from the rental pool. So uh, there's a lot of questions right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let, let's start with the densification. Do you think the densifying of downtown is at a good rate, too slow of a rate, or should we 
should we change it? What's what's going on with the downtown? I think I think we need to, to relook at the downtown land use plan. I think we need to build a, a proper downtown land use plan with all the all the uh, engagement from the community and, and more detailed. The second entrance to downtown is, is going to be a big piece. I mean, we're seeing 6,500 residents that are going to be moving into the oceanfront lands, right? That's that's a huge huge portion of that, and also there's there's going to be a good good portion of that as in uh, as of uh, as office space as well. So you're going to see people you know driving in and out and hopefully biking. But I mean, you know, Squamish is pretty spread out at this point, and and people are using their cars. Um, so those are all kind of concerns that come into place. A more detailed downtown plan is going to, in my mind, help alleviate, you know, how are we going to solve these problems down the road? And are we going to be, you know, is there going to be a, a special tax levied against people developing downtown to fund a portion of that that bridge that's going to be, be the second entrance? Or, you know, otherwise, it's taxpayers are going to be left holding the bill like we have been in the past. Another entrance or exit is is obviously crucial to to development in the downtown core area. There's a lot of talk these days, a lot a lot of social media with respect to uh, a parkade. Where where do you stand on a parkade? So for a parkade, I think uh, like for me, any any problem I, I ever get, I always try to look at the most innovative solution. So right, like for a downtown parkade. I see. I see three problems. First, that Muni Hall is, is they, they want to try to lease it, and, and instead of using, in my opinion, I, I think it's always better that you know, 25 years down the road, we're going to own own the asset. And yeah, there is the argument that if we lease a municipal hall, we may be able to hold other other infrastructure, fund you know that stuff we're going to own, right? But for me, I think we should be working with the school board. I think the school board has aging facilities. So we have three park problems. The parking, the school board office is aging, and, and they, they need a new space. And then, and then we have Muni Hall, right? Build them into one. Do what every other developer is doing in, in, in Squamish. Build two or three levels of park parking, public parking, which down the road and, and build it in a way where down the road, if you know, 30, 40 years from now, uh, car, we're not that reliant on cars, that we can we can uh, modify that space into into possibly more office space or, uh, or any, any, anything that we, we kind of need in that time and then have three to four level, uh, sorry, four to five levels of office space, which can be leased back to the Muni for their services and, and also the school board. And, uh, and finding these kind of innovative solutions on public land and using the province to fund it, I think that's the best way to, to kind of tackle these problems head on is, is, is use that innovation and, and, and bring people together to solve these community issues. Uh, what do you what do you guys think of that though about a like like a multi-use parkade like that? Honestly, with a multi-use parkade, it, I'm kind of for it. Mainly not not for the tourist. I'm for it more for the fact that workers need some place to park their car. But I mean, if there is a way to get them on a bus, that's even better. So right, right. I mean, again, that comes to the next piece of the pie is, is transit. The, the municipal governments are already all aligned, saying we need this transit. It just comes down to getting the province to do things. So you've already mentioned couple of times we need the province to do this we need the province to do this our, my question would be to you is is our current council not advocating enough to the province or the, the province is the province is the province they have to deal with other towns yeah, that are yeah. dealing with the same issues yeah i think the squeaky wheel gets the grease right so you gotta, you gotta keep keep chipping away at it and and, and you know to, to the previous council's credit, I mean, they have they have been trying, but I mean, it's, it's just kind of continuing on that and keep keep pushing, keep pushing barriers and, and trying to and trying to, you know, be as loud as we can. And, and you're right. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of needs and a lot of municipalities that need to get met. And um, likely that, you know, they're not going to be listening to us, maybe even over the next four years. But as long as we keep keep at their doorstep and keep knocking on that door, I mean, eventually, I think I think we're going to get what we want. So it does come down to those creative solutions you're talking about. All the different governments in one building is, is, is not a new idea, but it's a question of affordability and building those buildings. Because when you're dealing with a district, again, you're dealing with a province. Right. Right. So if the province is not listening, then is that going to happen within your four years when you're on council? Yeah, I think a key key there is like to, to work with the school board as well. I think if you have two very important facilitators in town that are working together, 
to then lobby to the province. I think that increases our kind of bargaining power. Uh, so I think, it, it, and for that municipal hall aspect and, and that parkade facility, I think I think it's very key that we work with the school board and and you know actively bring them to the table and lobby for 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 that funding. So we're, let's let's stick with the density thing then, um, because we're going to move into more rapid fire. Garibaldi Estates, what's going on there with the VLA lands? What do you think we should be developing there or no? Personally, I do I do understand the planning standpoint. I think it's a it's a good place for density fundamentally close to a lot of shopping centers and it's easy walkability. Uh, but due to the, you know, the, the kind of the heritage around surrounding that area and um, we still, there's still a, a lot of density going into downtown. I think the focus should be on downtown currently. I am all for neighborhood plans. I think it's a great time for the community to get engaged. I don't particularly believe that engagement was maybe done as, you know, as, as well as it could have. I think there's always, you know, biggest room in the house is a room for improvement. I think we can improve on in, engaging the community more and, and finding a balance between things. Um, you know, it kind of hurts me to talk to, you know, some people that live in that neighborhood that have given their whole life to service for the last 30 years and in making this community what it is. And, and, you know, for them to have their voices not heard, it kind of, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't, it doesn't rub me the right way. So, um, I think it's, it's important to kind of continue in that engagement and, um, and not rush through things. So if I boil that down to a yes or no, is that like a no? Yeah, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's more, it's a no, it's a pause. I'd like to, I like to see it paused. Personally, I like to see a lot of focus on downtown considering that's where the OCP is identified as the most dense area. Uh, And then, you know, continue to consult uh, with with the with the owners with the owners in in Garibaldi Estates and and see you know and um, and other and other stakeholders to see what uh, what can be done there where we're not uh, we're not you know repealing you know uh, the VLA Act. Chima lands. I mean, you're talking about densified downtown. What about the Chima lands? Obviously, that's people want to get in there and build some homes in there. Yeah. So Chima lands and North Crumpet, I kind of you know put them in the kind of like similar category because uh, you know there's there's a lot of great accesses that can come from there, uh, as well as the fact that they're above the floodplain. I think that's an, that's another fundament fundamentally from a planning standpoint, you'd want to put higher density on um, things that are above the floodplain. Aside from that, you know, viewscapes are also. Uh, mitigated as well when you when you're putting you know a four stories on um, or four or five or six stories on, on top of a mountain versus right right on right up against the chief those bigger projects I, I that you know we should continue with that community engagement they're gonna take some time right I mean especially with the you know the Chima lands project uh, I, I do think that you know 10 maybe 15 years away but uh, I do think the conversation should be open for any of these bigger parcels that are coming that are either wanting to be including included within the growth management boundary or that are already in there I do do think we should focus on what's already existing within the growth management boundary, but also kind of, you know, open the conversation at a, at a very kind of um, preliminary level just to kind of see, you know, what is what what can we get as a community in, in, in you know, in, in allowing development to come in from outside the growth management boundary. But I mean, it's already there. The The preliminary planning from the Chima group is already there. The district of Squamish has been steadfast and it's yeah. outside the growth management boundary. So one significant difference between the the Crumpet Woods development mm-hmm. is that falls within the right, growth right. management boundaries, whereas the Chima still lands outside of those growth management boundaries. So waiting to try and figure out what it is that Chima is going to bring forward, I think his plan has been fairly mm-hmm. fairly open and fairly honest from that group with respect yeah. to what they what they want to see, the mix of residential versus mm-hmm. and and what kind of community amenities that they're going to they're going to allow for Squamish and want to be a part of their their project. So mm-hmm. the planning is already there. They know what they want to do. They know mm-hmm. how they want to do it, but 
there's really an extension of, of the growth management boundaries. And I guess when we're going rapid fire, yes or no? Yes, you want to include them or, or no, we're going to wait at the current rate? Uh, it's definitely not a no, but it's definitely not a hard yes in, in terms of that. I, th- I think I'd like to see, I, I would say yes to a first reading. I would say I would say 100. I would say yes to a first reading to see what 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 is possible. Like for, for example, the 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 uh, Chikai fan development. It's been given first. I think it's going to be given first and second. But there's a long list of of uh, points that need to get that need to get addressed. And I, I'm all for a first reading. But uh, before second and third, I think there, there there's there's some work that needs to be done. Let's talk about another development that's still on the horizon or not on the horizon. Who knows? We've been talking about it for decades. Gas. Because you mentioned at the beginning, like well, those were divisive topics. Gas is still there, man. People are still talking about it. Yeah, my thing with gas is, um, it's it, you know, it's again, it's one of those things that's that's you know, kind of far into the future still in, in my mind. But uh, I'm, I definitely want to be in front of something like that, especially when it's so in such close proximity to uh, to Squamish. Uh, in my opinion, the worst thing that would happen is it turns into a resort municipality, and we have no control over what's going on, and they go to the province and. And, uh, and and get authorization, right? I mean, I'd rather get ahead of it and get in front of it and, and try to control that that process. I mean, we've seen similar things with uh, with wood fiber. I mean, wherever we kind of pushed them, they just went to the province and, and the pro- provincial and federal government are both on board with that project and we're kind of left, you know, with with, with lesser and lesser negotiating power as the, as the years go on. So I think uh, for something like gas, I would definitely like to be in, uh, if, if, if it's going ahead, I'd, I'd like the district and I'd like, to, I'd like our community to be in front of that, those discussions along with the Squamish Nation and, and all the other stakeholders that are involved. So let's talk about uh, Squamish first, right? How come you decided to create uh, a group, the three of you, uh, instead of running individually? And I'm, I'm asking this question mainly because slates and smaller municipality elections don't really, are not really... Um, um, liked, <laughs> so I don't. I don't know what makes you feel it. What makes you feel that this is the time to to create one, and and why did you create one? Uh, a lot of it was uh, was just kind of it came from building a platform, and then if anyone agreed with that platform, the three key, key pillars that that you know they they would be able to come on right, come on board, and uh, you know some people were more um, preferred. To run a uh, run run an individual campaign, which is which is totally great, and and in, and the biggest part about this coalition is that it's it, we're all independent candidates. We still have independent views. I mean, me and Mike and and Adrian disagree on a lot of things, but we do agree that those three priorities need to get pushed forward. For example, with Brendan Park, I mean, you know, some of some of the people in the coalition believe that we should build a brand new facility. I personally believe we should be re- retrofitting. Right? It's not a slate in the fact that you know there's you know there's discussions going on behind the scenes and there's there's a certain way we're going to vote. It's just it's just more of just a collective platform. And uh, and the people that are joining the platform agree with it, agree with the three main issues, but they also have their other um, other other things that they want to address. You've hammered on three pillars that others that you all agree upon. What are those three? Yeah, so investing back in infrastructure, attainable and affordable housing. The last one was pause uh, development and focus on smart smart development. So smart development encompasses um, current land use practices, such as you know neighborhood planning concepts, um, you know addressing our CAC policy, you know addressing DCCs, and uh, you know effectively getting getting you know quote unquote more from developers, more you know with uh, in line with other municipalities. Uh, the uh, in investing in infrastructure piece I touched on earlier was, you know, Brennan Park was it was a, was a very big piece of public infrastructure that, you know, the community would like to see expanded on. Um, second entrance of downtown was another key one. And then obviously, uh, you know, a downtown parking, a parking facility, which in my opinion should be mixed with, you know, the school board and, and the uh, and, and Muni Hall. 
Um, aside from that, uh, we had uh, the attainable housing piece. I think it's it's a bit of a mix. I do believe we should be incentivizing purpose-built rentals, uh, not just like currently the district policy is to fast track um, them through the planning process. That fast track, you know, from what I've heard from from staff and, and, and other members in the community is, is not uh, is not as effective. I mean, there's a lot of um, purpose-built rental projects that haven't been kind of pushed pushed uh, as quickly and, and it doesn't, it's not working in that manner. I think we can explore density bonuses and uh, and other incentives. Uh, and, and aside from that, at the, at the kind of the lower level is to, you know, kind of the mom, quote unquote, mom and pop of, of you know, rental housing is exploring ways that we can, we can put, you know, like more and more, uh, unit uh, units on on kind of you know single lots in terms of like you know whether you're having two secondary suites or allowing a carriage house and a suite and or maybe a suite and a carriage house if, if we can if we can make the building code uh, or make it code compliant and whatnot. So you're speaking to some of the stuff that Squamish the district of Squamish is doing from really more of a planning perspective. We have a housing society that is something that's yeah. been created in this past term. Yeah, I think the housing society is an important piece to to the puzzle and it was missing for for a while and I'm glad that it, it got got started. My perspective, the best way to capitalize on, on the housing society is, 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 you know, taking in those units that are that are for affordable rental and getting them managed by by the society. I think it'd be it'd be wise that we own those units in, in fee simple rather than uh, rather than having them developer owned and we're just the kind of the management body. Uh, you know, long term in terms of the community, you know, those those should be in kind contributions to to the district and to for the housing society to manage and and possibly own. And, and that's what they're talking about right, right now is that within these new builds. The this, the housing society will take these on essentially right. and donating two yeah. units of forty yeah. to the district of Squamish. Got district it. of Squamish then holds them in perpetuity. <laughs> yeah. They then gain become an asset right, for right. the actual society. As you get more and more and more, right, right. you have a bigger bigger asset. As property values raise up, they can then borrow against them. Yada yada yada. Yeah. And it's based on the model in Whistler. And it's yeah. not a perfect model, mm-hmm. but it's a model that has been working for them. And yeah. they've had a chance over the last couple decades to to not perfect it, but to work on that model and ensure it, it, they have something that is working and is mostly correct. And my, my and the biggest thing for me is, is that kind of that long term thinking, like, you know, in 25 years from now, I don't want to think back and say, hey, you know, oh, we should have had these in-kind contributions and donations rather than us just managing, right? And, and being left footing the bill. We have a few minutes left. Okay. Um, you, what, so do you, what do you got? I'm just, I'm going to a couple of things that we really need to touch upon. Cool. Okay. So first things first is we currently have in, in Squamish, we talked a little bit about economic diversification. It didn't go where I wanted it to. Um, but we have a couple issues or, or, or with respect to economic diversification in Squamish, I would suggest our two biggest industries here is building development yep. and recreation tourism. Yep. Recreation tourism is tied hand in hand by the visitors that come here to to Squamish to to play. Recreate, yeah. Right now, there is a significant bed shortage with respect to the amount of visitors we are taking in that we can actually handle on an overnight basis in Squamish. And what would be your plans to increase the number of bed spaces in Squamish? And quite honestly, are you for or are you against short-term rental uh, regulations that are currently in place in the district of Squamish? Yeah, I think that short-term rental policy currently is is too restrictive. It was kind of a move to increase rental supply, but again, like the rental, I touched a lot on on kind of rental supply and how I think we should address those issues. Uh, I do think uh, the Airbnb and, and kind of short-term rental model should be um, should be regulated, but definitely not to the level that it's 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 currently at now. I think it's much much too restrictive. Uh, I think there's better ways of getting rental stock onto the market. 
you know, and, and, and I touched on a lot of that uh, during the podcast. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's much too restrictive, and also you know incentivizing these like uh, the, the pod hotel downtown, right? Like like an excellent example of of you know of an innovative idea that's going to increase the amount of bed units that are coming into town, and and based on the demographic that's coming here to recreate, that that's like a perfect environment, right? Um, reconciliation is big these days, as it should be here in the Squamish Nation and the District of Squamish do not currently have an intergovernmental accord. And actually in the history of our town, we've only actually had an intergovernmental accord once uh, back in the early 90s. We also currently do not have a services agreement right, with the reservations right. lands in our district of Squamish that are under our purview. How do we speak to reconciliation, yet these two pieces aren't even in place? Where, where do you stand and what would be your action items during a four-year term to try and broach those gaps? Yeah, I think uh, the service agreement issue is something I've heard for many, 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 many years. Um, I definitely would be an advocate in trying to work with the Squamish Nation. I mean, they're they're, they're the biggest landowner here, and, and they're always looking for innovative kind of solutions. I, I think as well in terms of uh, in terms of their lands. And I think it's it's it'd be very 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 wise to to work with them and, and continue to advocate for for getting those service agreements in and 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 working on those uh, pieces for for the for the accord. Um, Again, it's it's you know it's it's one of those issues where you know we've everyone kind of says that we're going to keep chipping away at it, but you know like you said we've never we've never reached that. And and the service agreement uh, agreement issue was something that was also brought up in the last election and, and said that it was going to get worked on, but from what I understand, you know there's a lot of uh, moving pieces or or maybe not enough not enough work in that direction. But uh, I would definitely be an advocate and keep uh, keep working toward that. All right, well, this is your opportunity to give us your spiel what who is Rajan? why you're running give us your spiel and if we miss something that we you want to talk about that's important to you mm-hmm. the floor is yours go yeah i know i think we touched on a lot of it um you know I, i've been born and raised here i love the community i you know like i laugh about it because you know originally when when i used to tell people that i live in squamish they said oh you're really you're so lucky you were able to be born here but you know growing up it wasn't really wasn't really a spot that you maybe you you appreciated as much right and and i think over the years getting involved and seeing seeing kind of the community feel and how how far some of these some of these user groups and community groups have have through just through volunteerism have built up Squamish to be this huge recreation kind of uh, recreation go to recreation spot. I think it's very important that we um, that we continue on that. And part of my my reason for running is to be that you know the voice of the the younger generation that maybe doesn't get involved as much, but will get involved in the future and say, hey, you know, why didn't we do this and why didn't we do that? And, and it's just kind of, it goes part into what I said earlier, like I, I'd hate to be here in 25, 30, 40 years from now and say, hey, you know, I wish I would have put my hand up and, and maybe not give, give the right solution, but, but uh, give an idea that, that spurred, spurred the uh, right solution. So you're a lifer. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you're not getting rid of me that quick. <laughs> so Rajan Hans, if somebody's looking for you, they want to dive more into your platform and the Squamish First platform, where do they find you? So you go to uh, www.squamishfirst.ca. You can find uh, the whole platform there, or donors, and and and, uh, and, a, and a short survey if you'd like to do it, and kind of share your ideas and and uh, what what you'd like to see coming going forward in the community. Um, I'm always free for a phone call, email. Uh, you know, you can easily find me on Facebook, and uh, yeah, just I'm always, you know, ready to geek out on policy and, and different issues that are coming into the community, and I'm excited to kind of engage and uh, talk to all the all, all our community stakeholders and community members. You know, he's, he's not that young. He's at www.squamishfirst. Yeah. No one does that anymore. 
<laughs> You're not that young. Yeah. You can't be that young. <laughs> you he looks that young. young. He yeah. looks young. But he's not that young. No. www. <laughs> 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 thank you very much for coming on out today, Rajan, and uh, and meeting with us and, and uh, letting us put you through the paces here in the pod shed. And best of luck in the 2022 Squamish Municipal Election. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks a lot for, and I really appreciate you guys getting engaged and getting people informed. I think it's, I think it's excellent. I think this is a fun way to do it. And hopefully, you know, we get a lot of views on these. <laughs> awesome. Cheers. This is the Sea to Sky podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky podcast. Thank you for clicking us on 